Okay, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Breaking Ground podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregg. Thanks for listening. Uh, we got a really cool interview for you today. Emra Erdem of Erdem Excavating, based out of Victoria, British Columbia. My hometown is here with us. Emra, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Mike? Good, man. I'm glad to have you. Uh, I know Emra personally. Um, we've done some work together in the past, and um, I he's a really ambitious guy, highly motivated, um, has built a very impressive company in a relatively short amount of time. So I thought he'd be a, a great person to have on and uh, Thanks, hopefully man. everybody can can uh, find some value here and uh, learn something about how to how to build your own businesses. So Emra, uh, if you're willing to, just maybe tell us a little bit about your company, how you started. and Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it was in 2008 kind of when things started to transpire um i i had a job with a local like municipal job kind of working in a public work public works yard um just kind of doing whatever i could do uh to to kind of get in with those guys and and learn a few things and um yeah it was you know i, I was basically cutting grass nothing nothing glamorous and jumping on equipment is you know every opportunity that i could get and uh it was it was a it was like you know a summer job where it was kind of on and off for you know like one summer was pretty steady and then they'd lay off in the fall and then you come back and you know try to stay busy as you can until you got on full time it was you know just it was actually it was got i was at home just kind of you know talking with my wife and I was like, you know, I can't be doing this for a lot longer just because of the instability of getting laid off and, and whatever else. And I've always had a, a thing for moving dirt and and um, running equipment. And, you know, I, I worked for a guy a, a long time ago and kind of learned the ropes on, you know, how to actually run the machines. And we kind of, you know, me and my wife were talking and it was like, well, why don't you just buy a mini and, and try to work it on the weekends and, and see what happens. And so, um yeah basically we i just started working every opportunity i could get just driveways and just kind of you know after work go out and do a small job or go do an estimate and then on the weekend saturday sunday just go run excavators and um you know and, and until it was like they tried to lay me off and once they did lay me off they said well you know can't you just go find some work for your machines and um so I did, and and then they said, "Well, we can offer you." A, they basically said they could offer me a full full time position, and um, it was kind of cool because I could I was able to decline and um, and move on and just kind of jump in with both feet. It kind of just helped me sort of push me over the edge to making that to making that leap into sort of full time work, which wasn't full time at, at the beginning, as you can imagine, right? That must have felt good, right? getting that offer yeah. and just being able to go, nah, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it was a harder choice than it sounds like, you know what I mean? It was, uh, because, you know, I had work for a week or two weeks, but what's, what's after that? I don't know. Right. And that's kind of where I was at. And it was, it was like, well, should I do it or should I not? And, um, I kind of just, just went for it. You know, it was, back then it was that was an opportunity like working for the local municipal yard and public works and you know steady work benefits good pay but i just kind of jumped with two feet and and uh you know started swimming i guess 
I remember that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that working for, you know, um, power company or municipality Mm -hmm. or something like that. It was like the thing, you know, if you could get in, Mm -hmm. those jobs were really hard to get. They were really desirable. And now they have a hard time finding people. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, I guess, and I don't know if it's more guys are on their own or if it's just because they cap wages um, these days. Back then it was quite good money, but, you know, nowadays it's like if you work for a private contract, you're probably going to be making more money, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you're out on your own, you're out doing jobs. Did you feel like in the beginning, did you feel like you were in over your head at all? You oh, know, I, sure. I know I've yeah, had oh, a couple yeah. jobs in the past where you go out and you're like, oh no, what the hell did I get myself yeah. into? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think, uh, for the most part, like my, my experience was, I had enough experience to, to go do the jobs. But for me, um, it was, it was a lot of like back and forth with, did I make the right decision only because like work was spotty, right? Like it was 2008. I think we were going through an, a bit of a recession. So, um, you know, we, like work wasn't just like flying off the shelves. It was like you're you're quoting work and you're trying to trying to get any jobs you could get. But um I think that that was where my struggle was. It was more like trying to keep full time going and you know, what do I do in in times when you're you know, you don't have work to do, right? Like you've got you bought yourself a machine, you got a truck, you got trailer, move it around and you know, you're trying to tee up the next thing and and keep this thing rolling, right? Yeah. So about mm-hmm. the machine, um, mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned that you went out and bought your first machine. Um, what yeah. did you buy and why? Uh, what was your first machine and how'd you land on it? Um, I had a, one of my buddies' dad uh, worked at the local cat dealer at Finning uh, in Victoria. And so uh, he, I basically got in contact with him just looking for a used machine, just uh anything i could that wasn't too expensive because again it's like you're just trying to get your own equipment going so you're not renting um you know and so he he basically did some searching and found a a local guy that was looking to get rid of uh it was actually a 302.5 open cab so no no heat no air conditioning and the open cab oh yeah it was you know i spent a a couple winters in that and you know that gets you that gets you straightened out pretty quick. Um, I, you know, and it was like 20,000 bucks. Um, you know, and I, I saw like that was a pretty good jump cause I had to buy, you know, proper pickup truck and, uh, and, and a trailer to haul the thing around. So, you know, at that time it was quite strapping to get into it. It's not an easy business. There's lots of overhead to, to acquire before you can even start your first day. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, it was, I think it was a 2000 and, three machine and you know higher hours and um yeah i just i just went for it and basically just started doing whatever i could with it right and you barely load our tandem with it and you know it was yeah i just just started uh just started slugging it out in the old open cab it was pretty funny yeah, I don't care where you live. If you're in Northern Canada or Florida, you earn every dime that you work for yeah. in an open cab machine. Like that's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like yeah, a few was, weeks a year when that's comfortable. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it might be spring. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you got your machine. You're out doing jobs. How are you, how are you finding the first jobs? Um, obviously, um, you're getting some work from somewhere. How 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 are the jobs coming through the pipeline early on? Yeah, it was it was mainly like people that I knew, right? So contacts from, 
wherever you just start you start meeting people or even you know friends and family that just so oh, I, I got a concrete driver that i got to rip out and we're going to pour a new one and then um you know friends who work at construction businesses and you know whether they're doing a backfill or you know they're building a house and they they needed some service work done or something and it's like their main guy couldn't couldn't show up so they'd say you know we need this done right now and can you make it of course like of course i can make it right i'll be there so um i basically didn't say no to anything you know, i did everything that i could because i knew that good bad or ugly it was just um you know these jobs are are going to be the ones that kind of lay the, the groundwork for what's going to happen in the future and you know you do them all with a smile on your face and for a fair price and people start talking yeah yeah for sure and and you've got like an unusual amount of hustle in you too, right? I, I know that, you know, some guys might not be willing to to make the phone calls and take the crap jobs, um, but you're you're definitely not that guy. No, I mean, I I literally went and uh, I went to in Langford. They had a they they put a new sewer main in this neighborhood, and everybody was on septic, and so I put a, a like I basically pinned a business card to my jacket, and I started walking around the neighborhood and knocking on doors and saying like look you got this uh you got this new sewer line in your street you don't have to use your septic field anymore and you know i can help you out so um i tried to stick handle the process a little bit and you know got got the odd one i don't think i got many but it was enough to stay busy for a couple of weeks right so kind of it kind of yeah you have to like you know anybody who says that it's you know it takes it's not fair or it's like you're not getting the work or it's just you, you got to go change direction and find a different avenue and there's always a way to find something right? there's always a way to find work there's always a way it, it might not be what you want to do or if it's you know whether it's landscaping or whoever you know a guy that's putting some soil down and you got a machine and you got a dump trailer or something just go do what it takes to to get your name out there yeah and that's really really clever what you just said like finding a project that's existing and figuring out how you can get a piece of it, right? Like that, as mm -hmm. soon as the sewer lines run, that's an option for everybody to, you know, anybody who's sort of thinking about changing their septic system or hooking up, like you're, you're the guy, you're right there. Totally. And that, that's yeah. hard to do. It's hard to have those conversations, go door knocking or make totally. a phone call. But I, it's, I respect I think that. it comes down to like, how, how bad do you want it? Right. Like I didn't have a job at that point anymore. Right. So it's, you yeah. know, you're on your own with an excavator. What are you going to do? You have to, you got to yeah. do something. So, um, I just feel like if you're, it just helps, you know, light a fire under your ass. If you've got some accountability somewhere, right. Like you've got to make your mortgage payments and you got to make your machine payments and you got to keep going. Right. So, you know, there's, there's only one option is just to move forward. Yeah. And there's opportunity everywhere when you go looking for it. Like when you're doing Absolutely. a job in someone's front yard, you're there for two, three days moving dirt. All their neighbors have seen you, you know, what would it take mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 45 minutes to just go door knocking with some business cards. Hey, I did some work for your neighbor. If you ever need anything, give me a call. Give me a call. Give me a call. Totally. Right? Like, it's, yeah. And it's, if you've got a machine on site, chances are like, you know, somebody will show up and be like, mm -hmm. Hey, I got a stump that I need pulled on. You know, it's like, if you're fair with people and they, and you're transparent, they see that. And it's, you know, you're, you just kind of go from one to the next and people say good things and it travels and you try to stick to those core values, no matter where you are, it's, you know, you've got to, you've got to, right. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, how you, it's, it's your name. Right. So. And what, what's your opinion on 
uh, word of mouth jobs versus, you know, people who find you online or any type of lead generation or anything like that. Cause everything I've heard and everything I know is that word of mouth is always the way to go, right? They've seen you work. They know you're legit. Um, mm -hmm. can you just speak to that real quickly? Like when, when you're getting new jobs, when you have somebody find you online versus somebody calls you cause their neighbor did, did a project. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there's a difference between the quality of, of, of those types of leads? Well, you know, like, uh, if it's word of mouth and, and somebody reaches out, I think chances are they're going to want the job done. Um, you know, and they've heard about you, you feel more comfortable. Um, they feel more comfortable reaching out to you because they've known you've done a good job for whoever they heard about you from. So I feel like there's that trust that's already established and you, you know, you, you have that to your advantage because, you know, when the cold calls or the advertising, you're, you know, somebody just says, Hey, I want you to do this driveway. You know, you don't know who they are. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't know, you know, what they're after and, and, you know, what the standards are like, you just try to put your best foot forward and make it work. But for sure, word of mouth, um, will Trump, you know, that that's kind of how it works. Like whether it's through contractors or through homeowners, um, people talk and, and, it goes a long way when you've treated somebody fairly and um, you know, you, you just, you treat people fairly and they, they talk and they, you know, and it's the same with if you do a, a shitty job for somebody, you know, if it just doesn't work or the relationship doesn't work because that happens to you, right. It, it's just, it's just not meant to be. And, and you do a job for somebody and whatever their expectations are, you, you don't seem to meet it. It, it is what it is. You kind of got to cut your losses as well. So, it kind of works both ways, but for mm -hmm. the most part, like you say, word of mouth, it, you know, they have a understanding of who you are and it, you know, it starts the, it starts the relationship off on the right foot. Hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so this, this is a, this is a question I haven't used in the past, but, uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> you might not want to answer it, but early on, yeah. uh, were there any like major mistakes or issues? Was there anything that stands out as like an, Oh shit moment where, um, you oh, messed I mean, you did something wrong and it like totally altered your understanding of how the business works or, or something that really sticks out as uh, as like a defining moment. Well, I think, you know, everybody has those moments, whether it's inexperience with, you know, whatever job you're, you're handling. I think it's the most important thing is to be uh, like, have an open line of communication. Like for sure, there's, there's something, whether, you know, it's a dump truck that breaks down or, you're relying on somebody else to do something and it just, it, the, there's a breakdown of communication. Um, I don't know that if I can, I can think of anything off the hop, but I, I think that when you're starting off, you're, you're, no matter what it is, you're, you're, you feel like you're scrambling. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of the, the key point is that, you know, if you can look calm on the surface, maybe underneath you're, you're paddling like hell and you're, you're panicking but if you're putting together work and and stick handling you know customers and 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 different jobs and i think that it's all about how you handle that pressure right because that's how that's mm -hmm. that's just what it is there's there's i think it's pressure i don't think um you know i i know how to write, ask the right questions and i and I, I feel strongly on you know when you're starting out and maybe you have a mentor or somebody who you can ask you know what do i do here this guy wants this done but you know i know it's gonna 
impact negatively somehow. Like if he wants his drains put over here and you know that it's going to flood the neighbor's house, like you, you have to have some sort of integrity and some sort of, uh, you got to make a call, right? Um, I can't, I can't think of anything. I'm sure I'd screwed something up at some point, um, you know, some way, but you know, it's how you recover and how you make it better on the job site. Um, whether it's like, I don't know. So it's an excavator, like things happen, right? Um, yeah. Collateral damage I, I, is kind of one of those things with machines. <laughs> I, I always say when, when it comes to heavy equipment, machines, trucks, all that kind of stuff, it, there's only two types of people. There's people who break shit sometimes and there's liars. Like it, yeah, it just, exactly. it just happens. Right. I'll, I'll yeah, share a mistake sure. I made once just, just so everybody gets, uh, <laughs> gets it's probably, it's probably unloading my, one of my <laughs> <laughs> no. so for anybody who is unfamiliar with my history, I, I did, I've done uh, various excavating work for about 15 years. And, uh, when I met Emra, I was doing uh, commercial transport, moving machines, um, excavators around. And, uh, I, I one time picked up a machine. It wasn't a job for Emra, but, uh, I picked up a machine and moved it clear across town and dropped it off. And I was headed home. I think it was like a Friday afternoon. And my employer called me and uh, I had moved the wrong machine. Uh, we didn't even know the guy. <laughs> we have keys for all of them, right? They're all the same. So uh, it was, uh, there was like two cat 315s on site or something. And I just grabbed, I grabbed one of them and moved it. And it was, yeah. luckily the guy wasn't there. I don't even know if he ever yeah. found out. Uh, I went and picked yeah. it up and did the swap, but it was, it was pretty embarrassing. Um, yeah, shit happens. I mean, you know, when you're getting after it, it's just like you're making moves, stuff starts flying around. It's uh, at least you made a decision, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean that that again is I think with this type of work, you know, with with heavy equipment, like there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of money at stake, and it is dangerous doing this type of work, mm -hmm. right? And I think that mm -hmm. having the right attitude is mm -hmm. huge. It's huge. Um, a lot totally. of people, a lot of people like to blame you know, when shit goes sideways, like it does. Yeah, and totally. I, I just find that being the guy who has the ability to go, yeah, I did that. My yeah. screw up, my bad. Sorry. Let's make it right. Is just, it goes so far. Yeah. I mean, and it's not how you, like you say, shit happens, but it's, it's how you finish the job and how you recover from the stuff happening. Right. Like, um, no matter what it is, if you break somebody's water line or, you know, you go through their sewer line, it's like, it's how you recover and, and, you know, that's happened, you know, tell me what's under the ground they are asking me to dig in. You don't know, they don't know. Right. And so you can, you can do your, your one calls and whatever else. And, um, you can be as, you know, as long as you've done your due diligence and you go into the job and, and you're being cautious and, um, then it's just, it's about how you recover. So if you break somebody's sewer line, you don't put it on the homeowner to, go get it fixed like let's be proactive let's get somebody to get in or you either can go grab the parts and get it fixed but it's about how you execute after you fucked up is basically what it is yeah that's kind of what separates you know the one type of person from the next is mm. you know you can stand around and be upset about it or you can you can just move on it and okay this is where we're mm. at now being pissed off never changes anything so let's act totally yeah absolutely um, and yeah <clears throat> So you got one machine, you're out, you're hustling, you're doing jobs, you're door knocking, uh, you're probably working 12 hours a day or more. Um, at some mm -hmm. point you bring on help, right? I know you have employees now. So uh, tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about your first hire. Uh, who, like what position did you hire for? 
how did you find somebody? How did you make that choice, right? Truck driver, machine operator, foreman, pipe layer, you know, how, what was that process yeah. like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think if anything, I, I erred on the side of caution because uh, again, it's your name on the door and, and for the longest time people had expected to see me on the job site working. So that's how you build your brand and that's how you build your name and people are, you know, they want to hire you, right. Specifically. So I thought it was a tough transition um, just because you don't know what to look for in an employee when you're, when you're starting out and you don't know what the best fit is for your company. You've got to kind of feel that out and, and, and get gain experience and, and go through guys and, and find one that's, you know, some, somebody who you can rely on. So I guess it took me, I think I probably hired my first guy about 10 years ago, I think. So I I would have worked for about five years just on my own and, and maybe hiring like a subcontractor buddy and kind of tag team work together. But um, yeah, it, it would have been five years and it, it was like, a, it was to a point where I wanted to buy more equipment. And so you can't buy more equipment without having help because one's sitting all the time if she's you know if you've got you know more than a couple pieces of equipment so i guess i hired i can't remember I, like i can't even remember who it was it was i was thinking it was a younger kid and you know not good on the machines but not a lot of experience and so there was you know i had to walk them through jobs which is okay because you know if you're if you're moldable then that's one of those things where you, you know you listen and you kind of pay attention and understand what the guy wants and you, you can be successful doing it so um but i think uh it was like a friend of a friend's son and you know did some work in an oil patch and then wanted to come back to town and work and and so you know i had to have enough work to keep him going but also keep myself going and then um and so it kind of started out with putting him on putting the hired guy on a like the simpler jobs you know stuff that you know you could let them fly a little bit and and that it wouldn't affect you know too much going on you know the right customer to put them on where you know they're not gonna ask where i am and and you know and and so you know someone's constantly ringing you kind of constantly guiding the guy as you're on your job looking after your stuff so it's um you know it it is uh it's a game to play. Like it, you got to find a, a good set. And so, um, I, I think my biggest piece of advice w would be for somebody hiring, like be cautious who you're hiring. See if you could try them out, um, and watch them work for, you know, however long you need, pay them for their time, you know, say this is a week long or a day long working interview. Um, you know, I want to see what you're all about. And then, uh, but don't be afraid to to tell somebody that it's not working out because the worst thing you can do is have somebody that's not the right fit um, just because you feel like you've wasted their time. So I, I think I've done that in the past where you know, I've kept, kept somebody going, maybe it wasn't the right fit and caused you nothing but problems or damages on the job or machines, right? Mm -hmm. So can you talk just a little bit more about, you know, you got some experience now, you've probably had... I don't know, a dozen or more employees at this point. Um, yeah. How do you find people now? Like what are indicators of this is a good guy? Like would, would you rather have, or excuse me, a good person? Um, mm. would, you, would you rather have somebody like all things being equal who has a terrible attitude but is like an absolute baller on the machine 
or a guy who's willing to learn right out of two, but doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny because, but I think, I think a bad attitude um, is like poison for a company or cancer, whatever you want to call it. So um, it doesn't matter if the guy's good on a machine, if he's got a shitty attitude, he can take his stuff and pack because it doesn't, it doesn't do anything, especially when you have other guys. And if they're bad with the customers, just because they have a chip on their shoulder, um, it, it works negatively quickly. Um, you know, whereas if you have a good young guy, that's like got a good attitude and willing to listen and work hard, uh, that'll go, you know, it, sure. Will it take a while? Yeah, it'll take a while. It'll take, you know, however long it takes, however long, how, however quick the guy is to, to kind of get moving and, and pick up what you're doing. But they're, they, you know, the, a lot of these guys are quick learners and they've got a good understanding of the machine. You, you know, they're not, you're not teaching them, how to run a machine you're teaching them like the way of going about a job and 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 Mm -hmm. you know how to plan 10 steps ahead but yeah i mean i've probably had i don't know probably 20 guys right and sometimes it's just a a lifespan thing like it the relationship is just kind of you know they 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 get stale and they're kind of in a bad spot so you know maybe maybe they just move on go to go do something else like around here it's the, the pipe dream is always going to alberta and and making you know 80 bucks an hour running somebody's excavator but it seems to never last so these guys tend to do that and then um and or it's you know it becomes old and it's just it's not the right fit anymore and you got to do what's best for your for your business and um that's uncomfortable but that's part of it and you got to get over yourself and, and, and look after what's right. Um, you know, so, but I think that's a, a lot of gut instinct stuff when you're hiring somebody and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to, yeah, you just, you just make a decision and then, and if it, and if it works out, then, you know, these, you keep molding them and keep working with them and you just hope that they, they stick with you. And if you treat them fairly and it, you know, it could, it could work out for a long time. So, um, mm. But it depends what everybody's plans are, right? Or plans change and and whatever. So um yeah, you just try to be fair with people and, and that's all you can do. Good advice for any business. Um yeah. so you got your first employee, you know, now we launch up to today. You've got uh mm-hmm. I don't know, seven, eight, nine machines. Uh, you've got a few dump mm-hmm. trucks, you've got a bunch of employees, you know, you've grown your business relatively quickly. There's generational mm. companies around here, you know, that have been around for 50 years and they haven't achieved the amount of growth that you have. And uh, I know that, um, you know, everybody listening, you might, you don't know Emra personally, but he he has nice shit too. Like the machines are clean, the trucks are, you know, really nice, mm. decent trucks. And I'm just curious if you could just talk a bit about what like the key things were that helped you grow so quickly you know from 08 to 2023 so you've been in business for 15 years you've mm-hmm. got uh, and you've got yeah. some cool equipment too you know you've got a bulldozer and uh and some unique mm-hmm. stuff that way. you get really cool jobs um what have been the key drivers like what has helped you personally uh grow so quickly and get comfortable with running a big company instead of uh, a one-man show well i think uh you know, I guess it's an outlook thing. I don't know if it's a big company, but it's it's um, it's definitely bigger than it was. But I think that if you're 
there's always going to be an element of risk with everything that you do. So, um, and then there, it's just, like I say, an outlook thing. It's, it's a mentality. It's, it's how do you want to see your business? Um, how do you want to see it look from the outside? Um, you know, you could have some guys just buy run of the mill stuff and, and, and prefer fixing things on their own. And, um don't need warranty because they're handy with you know mechanical stuff and don't mind working on the weekends and uh, which is fine like that's 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 a whole nother that's a whole nother avenue i just preferred to buy new equipment and kind of be known for running nice shit and having uptime because downtime no matter if you're fixing it yourself or not you're not making any money and the customer is not happy because you got a broken excavator or truck sitting there, right so um Mm -hmm. i guess hiring the right people um you know and and doing it at a pace like i I feel like you know i was by myself for five years like i said so um i did it in such a pace that it was manageable and your head doesn't explode trying to think about hiring guys overnight so um you know taking that time and then you know once we start getting one guy then it's like two guys buy another machine you know the works there and then buy another machine i think the big breakout thing for me was um you know i bought a the 318 cat and started doing you know house excavations and stuff and and that was a that was a pivotal because it was a big ticket item so you know it was it was a it makes your brain hurt thinking about that kind of money and you just kind of have to to some extent you 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 have to have confidence in yourself and understand that you know if you're obsessed with something and you this is your thing and this is what you do you you know you're you're going to try as hard as you can not to fail you're not just going to let it go to the wayside so um i guess you know building a solid reputation with by myself and then people understanding who you are people understanding that you probably make good decisions and trust your ability to hire and when you get a good guy on an excavator and i'm not there it's it's um it's pressure off your back and it's um it allows your company to kind of grow and 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 there's a lot of hands-on guys that that own companies i i'm i wouldn't say i'm hands-off like i go see all the job sites every day but i'm not on the machines anymore and it's that saying like you know work on your business not in your business i think is the Mm -hmm. best way to approach it like that's that's for me like i I hire smart guys i hire guys that think for themselves and um you know know when to ask me a question and know when to make a a call so um it's about trust and you know it hasn't it's not always worked out but for the most part it does and uh, it's about building trust with your clients and sending the right guys to the right jobs. You know, you get a variety of jobs. You know, do I have guys that should be doing every job? No, I don't. So I pick the right guys and, um, you know, you, you work with the guys you've got and you put trust in the guys you've got. And um, you can build build like that because people start requesting, you know, certain operators and, um and once people get to know who you are and what you're about, they, they know that they can call me at any point and I'll answer and say, okay, well, if there's a problem, we'll sort it out. So um, building a business, I think it just takes risk. It takes 
uh, I guess, educated risks and educated moves. Like you're always got to make a move. So, um, you know, you're kind of doubling down on yourself. So just confidence and making smart decisions, um, you know, I, I think those are the key, key points. Did, did you have any kind of mentorship or business help along the way? Like, did you have anybody that you could kind of look to for help on how to logical ways to expand and that type of thing? No, I, I mean, when I first started, I, the guy that I actually bought my first machine off, he was retiring and, um, I kind of, he, he just had the one mini and like a one ton dump truck. And so I, I, you know, asked him out for coffee a few times and, you know, after the first couple of years, I think he retired. And, um, so I didn't have anybody else. I actually, uh, I did work with a business coach, but it was not anything to do with, he didn't know excavation. He just knew like how to, uh, direct your mindset in the right way to understand what it is that you actually want and what it is and where do you want to go with it? So, um, it's amazing when you put your mind to something and actually have forethought and and what you want uh where it can go so i was apprehensive it was that was that was about when i bought my first big excavator like i said that that was kind of a pivotal sort of moment in um in trying to figure the process out and um he he did kind of guide like i say no no experience in construction he didn't have any experience in what the market was doing or what direction to take but he just had a um an understanding on how you know like how how to get yourself in the right zone to to figure out what it is that you want because mm. in some ways you know business is business right it is but like there's a lot of guys that overthink too right and you'll say well mm -hmm. the housing market sucks right now and i only do house excavations it's like well like let's get on our horse and change the pace here and, and go do something else. Like, you know, whether that's like talking to the right contractors or just shifting gears, I think there's a mindset that it it'll just take you in, in, in a way that, you know, if you're, if you're always moving forward, there's a direction you're going to take. And it's, that's the process. It's not, there's nothing like, I, I just, I can't be involved in conversations about how, you know, the world's doing this or that and you know a lot of guys were COVID this COVID that you know back you know a few years ago and it's it's uh I didn't pay attention to it I mean I had to to a certain extent obviously but um you know you can't immerse yourself in in what goes on around you've just got to you know propel yourself for it I guess yeah you're not a guy who um sits around and bitches about the price of uh diesel <laughs> yeah exactly like exactly that's a perfect example it's like well what are you gonna do like like fill her up let's go like it sucks yeah. you're not making as much money but like just that's what you got to do you just you, you can't there's no stopping you just keep going mm -hmm. so these days you know i i follow you on instagram and, and like i said before we've done some work together so i i'm you know, for everybody else who doesn't know you, how are you finding your work these days? You know, you've got some bigger projects. Uh, you're working mm. with bigger contractors in town and it still looks like you're doing some small stuff too. So like where, oh, where, sure. where, where's the balance uh, of work coming from these days? Um, well, I think like, I guess back to word of mouth or repeat business, um, you know, this is 15 years in the making and, you know, 
people see you around and, and other contractors talk and home builders talk and homeowners talk and, you know, Oh, you did a job for, you know, one of my son's friends or whatever. And, you know, can you come look at this? And, and, you know, so I built, built it kind of around, around that. And it's, it's, so now it's to a point where you're getting, you know, for the bigger jobs, you know, contractors, they'll send out an invitation to quote and you don't win, like you bid a job and you, you send it out there and, you know, see if it comes back and you want it, then you want it. Um, but, you know, for the most part, that's just kind of like having enough irons in the fire to, to lose lots of work and get lots of work. So you just kind of let, let them roll off. But, um, you know, with, with your help, Mike, with the, the website and kind of becoming like, I, I guess like I'm of the era that you could, you could like some guys, I guess, in the industry still don't have a website. And as crazy as that, as that sounds, um, to me, I think it was important to, to get, to get your help and kind of establish yourself from the back end, right? Like on, online, it's like, if you're popping up and you never know who's, who's just going to Google, you know, an excavating contractor and they, they come up with your name and, you know, all leads aren't, aren't big jobs, some of them small, but you know, it's, it, to me, what, what's most important is, you know, go look at every job as an opportunity. And, you know, I've got guys to go do all kinds of jobs. So we go do a driveway, we go grade out a backyard, you know, you do a good job, you know, maybe their neighbor is going to do the same thing and it kind of propels from there. And you kind of, whatever, whatever angle you can give yourself or whatever competitive edge you can give yourself, like that's, that would be my advice is just take it, invest in that. Like what, what Mm -hmm. could go wrong? Like I don't carry a business card around like look us up online. Like, you know, I'd be more than happy to text you my, my website address and, and, you know, go check it out. Like it's, it speaks for itself, right. You can, and same with Instagram, it kind of gives you more, like I find a more of a personal touch. Like you'll see who I am. Like, you know, I'm, I, I kind of have fun with it is, is what I do is I just yeah. I try not to be too serious about it just because, you know, that's who I am. And it, it's, you know, I have fun and, you know, it's work, but you have to enjoy what you do. And, um you know it's your it's what your resume is like and what you can expect and and see the you know how we enjoy what we do and how you know we we like trucks and excavators and burning fuel and you know all the things to do with it so it's it yeah i think uh yeah it kind of comes full circle like i think just time itself kind of helps you perpetuate what you've got going on as well so um but creating a name and and kind of mm. being around for fifteen years helps, right? Yeah, and and you said having a lot of irons in the fire. Like I think that's really key. You know, a lot of these, mm. a lot of these ways to get work now are are mm. free. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can if if you don't want a professional website, like anybody can build a website for like a few dollars, right? On mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. Weebly or or GoDaddy or something like that. You know, Instagram mm-hmm. is free. YouTube is free. Mm-hmm. Facebook is free. Mm-hmm talking to people is free, making phone calls, knocking on neighbors doors. Like I just, I think that people, um, if you're willing to spend, you know, half an hour a day, just Mm -hmm. generating work for your business. I I think you're ahead of 95% of people. I really do because I, you know, you see on, on these Facebook groups that we're in people, I, I, I gotta get work. I gotta get work. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just, I had a guy contact me a few weeks ago who had just bought a 200 and he was looking mm-hmm. at uh, having a website built. 
And mm-hmm. I said, well, what have you done for marketing? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, I, re- I remortgaged my house. I, I bought this machine. Like it's got to work. This, this, it has to work yeah. or else, or else I'm going to lose my house. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there's just, there's so much that you can do, but I, I think that people are really, really excited to get the machine and they're excited to go out and dig and, 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 but they don't like, you know, you hired a business coach. Like I, I think the people yeah. really focus on building a business um, yeah. as much more than digging holes. Yeah. And that kind of shit was expensive and I didn't have the money to do it, but I did it just because um, I was kind of at a mental block where I just couldn't like figure out how to move forward. Like it was busy and everything, but I, I wanted a different direction. And so you just kind of got to take those reins in your own hands and kind of change your, mm-hmm. change your direction. So like you say, but with a website, it's, um, it's one of those things that, you know, you're going to spend some money, but is it worth it? Yes. Because like I said, it's, it's a resume like that's, you know, you don't have to make a resume because you're not applying for jobs, but when people check you out online, um, they, they get a sense of comfort that, you know, if you have a Google rating or if you've, you, you know, you come up in these searches, it's, it builds confidence before you even get to the job site, right. Or even to look at their job, they, they're, they, you know, they'll comment on it left and right. Oh, that's a great website. Or it's like, you know, I've seen your Instagram, you know, I, I think it's funny or whatever. It's like, you know, like some of the music choices and whatever else, but it's like, you'd say that part's free. I think investing in yourself online, it's, is no longer one of those things where it's a waste of money and, you know, you don't really need it. Well, I, I, if you're building a business, you do like, that's, that's just, that's hands down what it is. If you're building a company that you want people to notice, you just, you set yourself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's next? You know, you've got all this equipment, you're doing big jobs. Do you have, um, you just strike me as the kind of guy who probably has goals, but what, what mm-hmm. can we expect uh, from Erdem excavating in the next five years or 10 years? You know, are you going, uh, you going huge, uh, four fifties and, you know, big mainline <laughs> projects and that type of thing, mm-hmm. or are you kind of happy with the size you're at? What's, what's coming down the pipeline for you? Um, well, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't set too many goals just because, um, I feel like there's, you know, opportunities come up and uh, that, that shift what you want to do and where you want to go. Um, I, I don't know. I think, um, having like, we're, we're, we kind of run between eight and 10 people. Um, and to me, there's, we're we're in pretty we're we're in pretty good shape like i don't i don't necessarily want to grow to have like 30 or 50 guys i think um you know like i i i i'm comfortable in the sense that it's not out of control um you know i have really solid core group of guys and they work well together um and it doesn't make my head explode i guess so it's it's uh it's manageable and we have enough equipment to do you know, quite a few jobs. Um, yeah, I think if I were to pinpoint anything, maybe get bonded, uh, get bonded and do mm. some, some sort of like highway project or something like that. Um, yeah. or, or municipal work. I think that's kind of a good direction. Like you don't necessarily need, you know, 20 or 30 guys, but I think you're, you're the jobs that you're chasing after is kind of like, the quality of work that you want to be doing and and 
you know, if you submit a price and that's what they accept, it's, it's like, it's a job that's you're comfortable with. And I, I feel like that's kind of the direction that, that I'd like to see us go. Um, which yeah, is that bigger jobs is probably bigger jobs, but, uh, again, like the little ones still are just as important to, to keep building the brand and keep building the business and customer relations. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like maybe that's the direction to take, but, it's uh it's all kind of just it's the unknown right uh, and that's what keeps yeah. you hungry for more because um i don't know what tomorrow's going to look like um and that's exciting to me so mm. i appreciate that it's a good answer yeah. um so this is my favorite question i ask everybody who comes on um what would you tell somebody um who's either just starting out or somebody who's sort of thinking of making the leap buying a machine renting a machine whatever somebody who's just about to mm-hmm. to get going with their own excavation business well i think that it's i think it comes down to how bad you want something right like if you're obviously if you're thinking about starting an excavation business you know you know what it takes or you've worked for somebody um i think that if you are serious about going out on your own i think that you are you find i think this i guess there's a couple directions you could take like some guys are just into getting a big excavator and going and digging um foundations or bigger projects right off the hop but i think that you have to be versatile so um then you got to take your lumps and i don't think that nothing it nothing's personal you get out you go do your job you go do the best that you can do and chances are you'll be buying a mini to start with just because it's easier to get into and um from my experience with cat finance it's that's helped immensely because you're basically going in um with no credit history of these guys and they're basing it off of a signature and you can get out of there and and buy a, a small machine that's reliable and um start building up your contacts with with guys that can help you out like you know trucks and and you know maybe a pipe guy if you don't have experience doing pipe work you still want that work but you're going to need help right and Mm -hmm. i don't think you're going to do it all yourself Uh, i think you got to make smart choices in order to get the job done you're not going to make as much money to start with but that's part of it right that's part of pushing that motion forward and and understanding that you're learning every day as well. Like I continue every day, I continue to learn and I, and I soak up whatever it is that we're doing. Um, have we done every job before? No, we've done a lot. And, a, and there's a variation of each job that's a component to the one job you're trying to do. Right. So mm-hmm. um, you just have to know, you know, how to ask the right questions, um, you know, be smart about who you're working for. Um, you know, you don't have to take on contractors that you've heard, you know, have a bad reputation in case you're going to get burnt. Like that's a bad position to be in when you first start. Um, but yeah, I just, I just would like my, your passion for, for dirt work should carry you through to, to taking on your jobs and, um, you know, go to go put in a solid day of work and, and making the most of it. Um, does shit go sideways do machines break yes will you not make any money for a while yes but if you're passionate about it you'll figure out a way to make it work uh, if you're dedicated you'll be able to um you know not you're not going to stop so um you know just keep keep that mentality i think is is what it is and and people mm-hmm. will recognize that your customers will recognize that 
um, you're not going to have, you know, nice machines to start with, but if you can, if you can figure out a way to make it work and, and, and understand what it takes and each business is different and your needs and, you know, what you're trying to do for somebody is, is going to differ from the next guy. But I think for the most part, if you're like a common theme is just to be, to be dedicated and honest and fair and people recognize that and it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Um, you, you touched on something I, I meant to cover earlier. We didn't. Um, cat finance. Uh, you started yeah. out with cat. You had cat, 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 cat. And then I follow yeah. your Instagram. And then <laughs> you know where I'm going yeah. with this. Uh, now, yeah. now you got a big John Deere. And Everybody busts my balls about John Deere. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just curious because you're, you're not the only uh, local outfit who has made that switch recently. And I'm yeah. just a little bit curious, not specifically about, you know, necessarily cat, what you like, what you don't like or whatever, but how do you make those decisions? Is it primarily uh, a cost, um, a cost-based decision or, you know, something made you go to a different uh, supplier? And I'm just curious if you could just quickly touch on, on how you make those choices. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, honestly for the first like cat or the, the fitting dealership, they don't have, they don't have inventory like ever. So um, I ended up buying a 75, which sort of initiated the whole thing because Cat does not have a 75. They have a 308, which I bought before and I hated it. And they have a 310, which, you know, you're kind of getting, that's a 100. Well, I got a 315. So, you know, it's, it's too close. So the Deer 75 or Hitachi 75 or any, any kind of like those size machines are, if anybody knows like the versatility of what you can do with that, it, it's, you know, that cat just can't go near that machine. They just, they just can't. And, um, I guess that's what initiated the, what I bought a John Deere, um, because of that size. And, you know, I don't regret it. It's a, it's a great, it's a great excavator. Like they can do a lot of work and they're easy to move around. Um, but like saying that, so inventory was, you know, you got the type, you got the size, that's one thing. And then inventory for, for cat is you know it's it's not even you, know, you can't get a machine they just kind of laugh when you want they want something whereas you know the john deere dealership up island has you know whatever stock you need if you want it so um you know i, I had just i bought a 245 uh john deere maybe i don't know four or five months ago um and that was just because you know i could get my hands on it and i think it was for the same hours, it was, uh, I feel like it was 50 grand less than, than a com- like compatible 325. So, wow. um, yeah, so it helped and I just jumped it on a low bed and got delivered to our site like the next day. So, um, that's been tough with, with finning. It's just trying to find, trying to find machines, um, service department with them is, is, is great. Like they just, they're, they're always there for you, which is a big deal when you're a little like smaller company, you need, you need Mm -hmm. their help, right? They got service trucks running around everywhere. If you're down, you're down. Um, you got to get that thing working again. So, and they understand the urgency. So, um, so that's been, that was part of my, my main move when I picked cat brand was like, they're the only dealer in town. Um, the rest are an hour and a half away kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, there that, you know, I understood the importance of, you know, keeping your machines maintained and, and keeping them running. So, um, 
that way you can be smaller and kind of be versatile and keep going. So, um, and now that we've got, you know, a few machines, it's, uh, you know, we can reach out to, to, to John Deere and kind of, we get service and we get our parts, um, you know, they're readily available as well, but, uh, we've got a versatility now that there's like, uh, we've got kind of a Swiss army knife and machines happening. So, um, we can, we can change gears a bit if we need to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's important to own your own equipment. I think, I think that's, I think renting, I, I just find that it's, um, it's a tough one to, to kind of grasp when you're, you know, you're trying to get all these jobs done and move machines and you pay a premium while you, you think about, you know, for a 200 size excavator, if you're paying what, I don't know, I think it's probably nine or 10 grand a month to rent one of those things. And, you know, what could you get one for four grand a month for a payment? So um to me it's like you just bought yourself you know at least a couple of months trying to find work so yeah. that's how you kind of build, that's how you kind of build on that um but obviously you rent in certain circumstances you can't always own everything um but yeah teach their own i suppose yeah no i appreciate that uh we're getting close to our time here emra uh sure. want to yeah. say thanks for uh thanks for being here thanks for yeah, sharing man. your expertise and your uh advice uh where can people learn more about you where do would you uh want people to follow your instagram page or head to your website yeah i think um yeah thanks for having me on i think it's kind of it's one of those things we've been chatting about for a while so it's been cool to kind of do i think uh I think you're providing a lot of good insight for young guys getting going and, um, you know, that's appreciative. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, probably the website's probably the best or to Um, and then, yeah, if you're browsing Instagram or whatever, I think that's a pretty cool platform to check out like the type of jobs we do and you kind of see what happens day to day or week to week kind of thing. So adds a little bit more flavor, but, um, you know, for like, for our main core, I think the website's uh, a good place to, to see what we do. Yeah, so I'll drop links to uh, your website as well as your Instagram page uh, in the podcast description. Um, yeah. I will say that uh, Erdem's Instagram page is like particularly cool. Uh, a lot of great shots, <laughs> some drone shots, and he's got great taste yeah. in music. So uh, if you want to check that out, <laughs> that's uh, E-R-D-E-M excavating. Uh, look him up on Instagram. Uh, it's definitely one that's worth following. Uh, thanks again, Emra. Glad to have you here and uh, look forward awesome. to talking to you again in the future. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Breaking Ground Podcast with Mike Gregg. Uh, if you want to uh, subscribe, that would help us out a lot, obviously. And we look forward to talking to you in the next one. Cheers.